So I take the tank, fly it right up to the general's palace, drop it at his feet. I'm like, boom, you looking for this? Boom, are you looking, why do I even talk to you guys? Everywhere else that story kills. That's the whole story? Yes, war machine story. Oh, this is very good then. That's <laughs> impressive. Quality save. I fly it right up to the general's palace. I drop it at his feet. I'm like, boom, you looking for this? <laughs> I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the superverse. <laughs> like the week of Ultron am I right the week is that being generous oh because it's been a week no because this the age of Ultron lasts a week that's what I mean yeah I thought you meant like like weak like he's weak he is also weak he's he's pretty strong I mean he's a strong boy after he's seen what if Ultron this guy is not shit yeah, but it took an infinity stone. To it did bring take him down. it did take an infinity stone, but power aside, no, I really meant the the amount of time that we're dealing with here. It's a the the minor inconvenience of Ultron. It is a minor inconvenience, but the impact that this movie sows yeah, is pretty that's, significant. That's going to be a big discussion point for us today, I think, because of course. Today we are covering 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron, the second to last movie in the phase two of the MCU. And the second Avengers movie. It is the second Avengers movie. And honestly, the worst one. But I'm not going to try to be too negative on it. Honestly, no one like loves this movie. Somebody out there certainly loves this movie, but they're probably a contrarian. I don't even think Joss Whedon loves this movie. Wow. Did he come on last minute for it? Because it feels like not that planned out. The vibe that I got from him was that after the first when you one, spoke. when we when we had a, a very intimate discussion about it, he had been like kind of overwhelmed working on the first Avengers just because of the nature of it. Of course, I think anybody would have been. And he was not entirely certain he wanted to go through it again. Uh, as soon as, cause you know, it was like, as the first one was being released in theaters and they knew that it was at least starting to do well at the time, they probably made the call before it made a billion dollars. Um, of course they were going to start working on a sequel. So I think he had to think about it. Maybe like had originally said no. And then was like, well, there's more I want to do with these characters. So he came back. But I mean, I, th- I think the, uh, the lack of planning can actually be attributed to like in overabundance of planning by people who were not just Whedon because at the time we still had the Marvel creative committee, which is like a bunch of higher up, like old school comic book guys. And at this point in time, Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel studios producers answered to them. And I think they had like final or close to final say on where the plot needed to go and what needed to be set up, which is part of the reason why there's so much of this movie that serves as set up for the phase three stuff. So, so where do you come down on this committee? Cause I feel like in some ways we only have the MCU that we know of because of that. 
Yeah, I mean, you can argue that at one point they were helpful, but the fact of the matter is there have been so many people, like including Kevin Feige, who really like went out of their way to like whether it was I think John Favreau has like talked trash about them and like how difficult it made the process. And like I get what you're saying that like there had to be like some plan, but it seemed like they were a total pain in the ass. So when things shuffled around in 2017, Kevin Feige made a point of going to Disney and being like, I want to report directly to somebody here and not have to deal with those guys anymore because they're making everybody's life miserable. Like, I don't think directors, like, yeah, they, they had a plan, but, like, directors didn't want to come work with Marvel Studios because apparently it was just, like, there's red tape everywhere. And you compare that to now when you get people like Chloe Zhao who are like, I want to come do a movie with you guys. And they have a good reputation. Yeah, but then, like, that that movie's, like, a bad example because it doesn't fit in well. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, have the same... Right, like, I get like, that, but, like, okay, I, I picked I picked her because she was, like, a big name, but, like... Right, but like, it's not... I would say it's, like, not part of a cohesive vision anymore. But even, like, the Destil Daniel Cretton who did Shang-Chi. Yeah. Like, he was a left-field pick, and, you know, if the creative committee had been around, they're like, well, this guy's not an action movie director, so why would we pick him? I mean, James Gunn was a random pick. Yeah, that's true. And that was through the... And he I just think about, has also said that they were a total pain in the ass. Yeah, but, like, I think about DC, and, like, they don't have, like, a structure built in like Marvel does, and it shows. Like, they don't have a... Like, a... And I think they have made peace with that, but, like, I think there's something to be said with, like, somebody that's the meanie, but, like, they're taking all the heat, but they're also the ones, like, establishing this, like, very intricate cross-movie world that, like, I don't know what they're doing with the MCU now, but it, I don't feel like we're in a as well-organized of a, of a world. Well, I think that's on account of them having... Yeah, everything had led up to Endgame and the Infinity Gauntlet, and now they're reorganizing. And I tend to think of, like, where we ended up as... I give credit to Kevin Feige and the other Marvel Studios producers because it seemed like they were the ones that came to the table and the creative committee were the ones saying, no, you can't do that because we, wrote, we like, worked on these comics and we don't like what you're doing with these characters, so don't do that, do this. I mean, I'm always happy to give Kevin the credit. I'm also kind of just playing devil's advocate here sure. because I, mean, I feel like there are things that we can credit the. I guess I just hear nothing but like I've. It's always been like bad things. Like they tried to like redo Captain America: Civil War without Tony Stark because they didn't want to pay Robert Downey Jr. Who again. was it going to be a civil war with? Well, it probably wouldn't have been civil war. They were just like, you can't. Oh. Like, you don't get to do this. They wanted James Gunn to get rid of the 70s soundtrack in Guardians of the Galaxy because it, like, was weird. And Edgar Wright, who was originally working on Ant-Man, like, back when Iron Man was hadn't even come out yet, he left because he was like, I can't work with the creative committee. Like, they're not letting me do anything. They're not very creative, are they? No, they're not. Yeah, I guess they, they didn't want... <laughs> so the the whole thing, like, at the end of... Civil War, where they're like all those other super soldiers, the other winter soldiers, like they wanted uh, Steve and Tony to like team up to fight them. Which, like, when we were watching that movie, I was like, please don't do this, please don't do this, because that was Batman versus Superman is there doing exactly the same thing, and then they didn't, and it was a way better movie for it. So, I think they were just like, 
let's play it safe. Like, don't take any risks. Keep it like. Keep it to the like, comics. Like, we have what works, so like, don't go crazy. But I. But they don't work necessarily as a movie. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess I'll take some of it back. I just think that like a lot of this, a lot of the problems that I have with this movie, I blame the creative committee for. And also Joss Whedon. Yeah. So we are right off of Guardians. Yes. But where are we with these characters? So after Avengers, can you just give us a quick little bio of the main the main folks? Sure. Um, so what we've seen so far is Tony has gone through all of his business um, fighting, quote-unquote, the Mandarin. Uh, he's gotten his surgery to remove his arc reactor, and he's been busy building suits and whatnot. He's with Pep. He's with Pep. Um, Cap went through his whole ordeal fighting Hydra and has since apparently everyone's kind of settled back into their Avengers routine. Thor with went back to people. Asgard. He was with Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. And he met Falcon and they're kind of tracking down Bucky or at least Sam is when they're not doing Avenger business. Thor went to Asgard, came back. Don't really know what, He's been up to otherwise. That was one of my first notes. I was like, why is Thor here? Yeah, I don't think um, they knew what to do with him They're in this movie. C- they were kind of like, he's looking for Loki's scepter. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about that. Okay. But uh, Hawkeye has presumably just been keeping things low-key. Passion and paychecks. Yeah, since, well, since S.H.I.E.L.D. fell, I don't know what he's been actually doing. Because I don't know. Making like, a the, baby. The Avengers, yeah, true. Um... <laughs> Hulk has been practicing tai chi. coming back to Banner after being Hulk, working with Nat to do that. And and I guess they've been doing like these side projects. We're coming in on them like yeah, doing been, these. Because I think it's, it's real time. So after all of the, before and after all of the individual characters' movies, they've just been like hanging out. They built this new compound they have like a full, they have like a fully staffed thing where there's probably like labs, and so Banner's probably been there doing research, and so is Tony. It's basically the plot of the first Captain America where they're just getting all of the points of the Hydra places crossed off the map. Well, and what they were, yeah. So um, if you watched Agents of Shield, this is to the viewers because I know you didn't. Um, there's like a, there was a lot of lead up around this movie. This was like when they were in the full throes of like we're connecting to the MCU guys. So look, we have this guy that dies. Right. So, <laughs> um, one of the things is in the show after Hydra is revealed to have taken over Shield, they make a point of we're going to go around and find all of the old Hydra outposts that are still around and take them off the map. Um, so like they're they're raiding these bases, they're killing all the old Hydra people, and they in the show they track down Loki's scepter to this place, and they're like, well, we've been handling all this other business, but we can't do this one. So they get Maria Hill to call the Avengers. So yeah, but that's, I that's how the beginning of this movie starts. They've been working together as a team to bring I think, in other Hydra. I think ones. they have as well. Just in Agents of Shield, we do we see them work against some of the bases but yeah okay we're can, not taking anything away from agents I know. of shield i was just setting up because like i appreciated like the little setups that they had and it also played into the the helicarrier at the end of the movie too um because they 
like you see that um, in like the secret project that Nick Fury is working on. So yeah, um, but now after everyone's gone through their individual adventures, they're back as a unit. Yeah, I kind of forgot actually that this is how this movie started with them entering this Hydra fortress and the twins are like there. It's fun seeing them all fight as a team. I was I enjoy it and it's like the seeing them like fight against like a relatively like low stakes enemy. They're just like business as usual almost. Well, it, they do a nice job juxtapositioning this like first scene of them working together as a team versus like the last scene of the movie where they're working as a team and like yes technically they succeeded in this first scene but they weren't they weren't a very good team right you kind of think they would be better after three years but they're all hotheads they all like to be in charge sure but you know you would think that they had worked on that a little bit in the time that's passed since the first avengers if they've been if they've been avenging do you know what comes after this i do Civil. War. Yeah, but that's you know, there's there's a, there's a gap there. You you'd think they would be like getting along well and being like, all right, guys. I just... wouldn't think that. Well, maybe my expectations are too high. And you know who I blame? Tony Stark. Of course. They would all get along great if it wasn't for him. He is a shit starter. So yes, I mean that's not a hot take. I feel like he's, I know, he's I know. Re- I wasn't making it <laughs> as a hot take. I'm just I'm pointing the blame at somebody. Safe bet. Also. Joss Whedon's Tony Stark is more annoying than, like, even, like, Civil War Tony Stark is, like, more level-headed. Um, I just, I, I mean, you know, 10 minutes into this movie, and I'm, like, sick of Joss Whedon's writing. I think they, it worked for Avengers, but, like, I remember when the trailer for this movie came out, it was, like, presented as, like, okay, the Avengers are back, but the stakes are higher. Ultron is going to be a way more intimidating villain and it's generally going to be darker than avengers was and like right I avengers guess, is kind like, of campy but in like a fun way so this is less campy but it also doesn't like swing the pendulum in the other direction so we get like this weird in between of like he you can you get the vibe that joss whedon wanted the movie to be darker than it was but he like couldn't stop himself from writing quips for everybody, including Ultron. So, like, that's how you ended up with, like, the language thing. Well, okay. First of all, Jess Whedon, in comedy, as I know so much about, <laughs> there is a rule of three. You make the joke three times. You don't make it 17 times. Like, literally every single character said the language thing. I, I really... Like, it would have been funny. Like, I wouldn't have minded that. Yeah, I just... It's... it's I did think it was funny when the movie came out. And then, like, because at the time, like, when we first saw it, even that second time, I was like, I'm sick of this joke now. But it's not only the fact that, like, when you rewatch this movie, it's like, it loses its luster. It's also, it led to a billion shitty fandom memes. Right. And it's like, it people paint Cap with, like, this broad brush that they get from this joke. And, I'm like, it never even made sense in the first place. Like, this guy was not... Yeah. Like, he wasn't that guy. So I was like, why did you have to do this, man? I would, well, it's not even that. I mean, like, I would even buy him, like, like him IRL in, like, saying that. Like, it's slipping out like it did. Like, or even as a joke. Yeah. But I don't know. No, they, they ran it into the ground. I will say, though, 
The part about Ultron making jokes really doesn't bother me, though, because he is supposed to be a manifestation of Tony. Like, it is Tony's brain that brought yeah. around Ultron. I get that. I don't like it, but I get it. I mean, I like it. I think it makes sense, like, when they're kind of going toe-to-toe and, like, they're going, I guess, like, quipping back and forth when he's, like, daddy's home or whatever he says. And, like, I don't I think it. I think that all works and it's, like, Tony facing himself once again in I just, some ways. I think it would have been better if Ultron was just, like, I don't know. He was, like, on this xenocidal war path and like when he's just like i don't i don't remember like what babies are called i'm like i'm not oh no i didn't like that but like i get it like if he's talking to tony i get that like but like otherwise i'm like i'm not i'm not here for like all of his things but the fact that he does have this like snarky sense of humor i do like i, think, I guess i think i would have liked it better if he hated the snarky humor because he has that moment where when he cuts off Claw's arm and he's like don't compare me to Stark I wish it, he had like have made a point to be like I'm not going to be like Tony like yep. I get what you're saying but and like, I think it makes sense lore wise I just like I read the Age of Ultron comic um, which came out whenever uh, well before the movie did and it was just like that Ultron succeeded in creating like an apocalypse that like everybody had to like escape from via time travel and he was like not to be messed with. Um, I just, I feel like it makes sense that it would be like subconscious in, in his DNA that he wouldn't be able to like turn off. Yeah. Even if he is like aware of it. It, it does. Like I, I do get that. I also don't think this first scene has very good like special effects. Yeah, it's a little rough. Like it looks bad. Like they, when they're like shooting and stuff like that and like Cap like throws his shield and it goes like around the trees i'm like i can like see the little computer version of the yeah, yeah. shield going around and making it smaller like it looks bad and yet somehow this is the second most expensive movie of all time well i believe that i mean it's a lot of um isn't it wild that this is more expensive than infinity war and well actually infinity war might be the most expensive well i also feel like they're like even though it hasn't been that much time like they are better at cgi and technology by then yeah it's just i, I guess i don't know i get the uh like reading about like, how it happened like i don't i get the idea that this wasn't supposed to be as expensive as it was i think something happened where things kind of ballooned out of control uh unbelievably this is actually second to the fourth pirates of the caribbean movie so you really gotta wonder what happened there yeah, I was talking to a, a friend of ours the other day about some of the differences between, like, DC and Marvel. And, like, the biggest one and, like, the biggest complaint about Marvel is, like, they don't do anything, like, practically. It's all computer, CGI. Yeah. And it just takes away so much, like, comparing it to, like, the most recent, like, the Batman or the Nolan yeah. Batman movies where everything is practical. Right. I mean... I think I saw a tweet from James Gunn about the third Guardians movie where they've set a new record for like the number of prosthetics that they're using on their actors. Um, it's like over 700 or something. But you got to wonder, like, how much of that are we really going to see? Because, like, 
I see all these set pictures and it bothers me, especially in for Spider-Man. They have like these great suits that they have Tom Holland wearing on set, but then they paint over it with CGI for everything. And sometimes it doesn't look that good. And I'm like, why are you guys, why are you doing this? Like it's spent, you're spending extra money and everyone knows it's CGI. And honestly, like in the movies, even though like this, this is not a great example, but in the shows lately, it's, I've noticed like the CGI has been getting a little shoddy. So I'm like, why not just take the time, get some more practical stuff in there? Yeah. I mean, they do some, like they show how they made that car scene in Hawkeye, even though you said it looked bad. I mean, yeah, but like, I know that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they practically did that and then they like painted over or like added some CGI like cars in later. And I'm like, but why? Like you're, they're very close. But I mean, for the shows, I get it more because the budgets aren't as high and they're stretching it. But I think some some more practical stuff would be would be swell. You think it would make it easier on the actors too, like give them a bit more stuff to like actually work with. I guess, but like somebody like Robert Downey Jr. is like basically a glorified voice actor by the end. Sure. Well, all the people that don't have the luxury of a uh, having their their helmet on or their face rotoscoped into the suit for the whole time. I don't know what the experience is like working on one of these sets. Like for Chris Evans. Yeah. Like I, I know that they, they do build some sets, but I don't, there's so much green screen and some of it's so sneaky. Yeah. I mean, some of it's done really well and some of it holds up, but I think overall the movies don't hold up as well. Like for this, this one, for instance, like I'm sure at the time I didn't notice it, but now watching, I'm like, this just doesn't look that great. Yeah. I will say Ultron still looks pretty good though. Yeah. Like the big stuff. It's more like little stuff. For sure. For sure. And like him changing throughout the movie is very well done. Yeah. Like Like his evolving. Vibranium body and stuff. Yeah. But it happens a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so in this early scene, this raid on the base, a lot of stuff happens here, and they're setting up a lot of the movie. So obviously, this is where the scepter's at, and they've been trying to track that down. And meanwhile, Hydra has been using the scepter on this illegal human experimentation side of things, which obviously has resulted in Wanda and Pietro having powers. We also get like an early look at what Tony's trying, like been trying to work on in terms of like a global defense force was, which is the, the iron Legion, which is kind of a evolution of what we saw in iron man three. Right. But this time it's like a standardized peacekeeping force and it doesn't come off great. The, no. the, the whole, uh, the, the optics of Tony, like coming into, this like Eastern European country and sending in a bunch of like killer robots, you know, what, what, I don't even know what kind of weaponry they have on them, but being like, please back away. Right. This area is not safe. Like, please evacuate. Uh Like, I think that it shows really good forethought of like, we understand that like us being here is going to have like an impact and we're trying to eliminate civilian casualties because like, I always think that this movie is what and in some ways it is is like the impetus for him being like oh my gosh like look at what we did oh yeah but he's already thinking about that because of the first Avengers and like what happened but 
I, so, like, the idea is not bad to be thinking about No, that. it's not. It's just, it's, it, it's, like, a good idea, but the execution, like, whether, like, the net, it's, like, a net positive or not, it's going to, like, sow more anger towards Tony and towards the Avengers from, like, these people being, like, why are you here? Like, why are you, like all up in our shit with these robots. Like, it doesn't really matter, I guess, to those people, like, what, like, what's really going on here? It's just like, well, the Avengers are here again and they're fucking everything up and we just want to live our lives, but, like, we can't because Tony sent in all of his robots. Like, I would make, like, an argument for this movie more, but, or not, like, this movie, but, like, what happens in it except for, like, it is directly Tony's fault that Ultron happens. Like, New York is not directly their fault. And so, like, but I don't think people know that, that it was Tony's fault that it was Ultron. Because I would have said something along the lines of, like, you know, they're just reacting to these things that are happening and trying to, like, prevent something worse from happening. But, like, in this movie, it is... There is no, like, acts, like... Right. I mean, and, like, the whole thing that... what Well, really, they did a good job of um, tying... I think, well, they could have done a better job. But what was cool is how they tied in Cap's arc, which started in the first Captain America of, like, this distrust of authority and these people that are, like, trying to preemptively stop yeah. things, whether it's S.H.I.E.L.D., like using Hydra weaponry secretly or like the whole thing with project insight being like, well, we're going to take these people out before they can cause any problems. So that's how cap sees what Tony is doing is like, he says so much as like every time someone tries to stop a war before it starts, innocent people get killed. But I actually don't know what he's referring to from like his past. I don't know if like it's from like the 1940s. I don't think it's any like one thing specifically. It's just like, cause he's like the, in a war. Right. But it's like the general idea of like, we're going to stop crime before it happens. That's yeah. never a good idea. No, he's right. But like, why is Cap saying that? Like, what does Cap know? Because I feel like with the world he came from was the U.S. avoiding being part of any war. Yeah. So like, um, I don't think at that time the U.S. was part of this like preventative. I like, think it's, I think... That, broken windows thing. I think that line is more off of Winter Soldier okay. than anything else. That's just the way I read it. It just felt like he was coming from like all this wisdom, but like thinking about it now, I'm like, but was he like? Yeah, no, I don't think that comes like, from was his he World about War II experience. Yeah, um, or maybe he just saw the movie Minority Report and he was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, but like, I almost think this movie, which this might be a dumb thought, because it it kind of is. This movie is a better prequel to civil war than it is its own movie yeah like everything in this plays as a direct setup like even like with wanda being like going through what she goes through and all that i would agree because i remember um the the panel i think it was at comic con or something where they announced all of the phase three movies they they'd announced all of them they'd announced captain america civil war under a fake name and at the end of it uh they played the scene from this where they're Tony and Steve are arguing when they're, you know, chopping the firewood. Right. And then Kevin Feige like does this whole bit where he's like, actually this movie is civil war. So it was like, you could tell that like, this was just, it was very clearly and deliberately like setting them on these paths. 
So I don't know. Like I, I was still kind of bored watching this movie, but knowing that it takes things in like such a good direction makes it a little better to watch. Like, you know, this stuff goes somewhere. And then we also get all of Wanda's nightmare business, which I love. The, her mind mind controlling. Yeah. I thought you meant like her nightmares. I was like, do we get that in this? No, 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 no. no. Uh, Well, were you going to talk about Thor being there and like looking for Loki's something or other? Scepter? Yeah, I mean... I I thought you said I I had thoughts on that. No, I have no idea why Thor is here. I mean, they say it's because he's looking for Loki's scepter. Yeah. But, like, because he's like, once I get this, I'm gone. And then they have, like, three days. Right. Yeah, I just... he leaves. But it it seems very contrived. It's Like, don't you have other stuff to do? I don't... I don't know. Also, you're on Earth, but not with your... Yeah, why isn't Jane here? They couldn't get Natalie Portman to come back for the party. (laughs) She's like, I'm not interested. Okay. All right, now I'm at the twins. Okay. Twins. If they don't feel like twins. I don't. They, they really It's don't. easier to say twins, but. They're not. They don't. I don't think so. But, so th- I think that um, Wanda is by far, like, the most, um, she's, like, the best addition to this movie. I think, and especially, like, knowing what we know now and getting the expanded backstory that we got from WandaVision, it's really cool to, like, just see how they integrated them. Um, and Pietro's Elizabeth a bit of Olsen's, like, what she does kind of, with the character. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pietro is kind of disappointing just because, well, we, just we because he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to take this character any further. It's not his fault. I know. I know it's not, but they were in this weird situation. I'm glad that they, like, quote unquote, volunteered for this, but it doesn't really feel like it. It's got bad vibes. It does. I mean, the vibes are not good. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's like a lot of like gray morality with like volunteering for like Hydra experiments that aren't, I feel like that. But it kind of seems like they really did know what they were signing up for. And they're like very on board with Hydra. Yeah. Because they don't like Stark. Right. And it's like, it's so, it's such like a strong position they don't really revisit, like, the Hydra part of it, I feel like, in WandaVision as much. And in WandaVision, they certainly make it seem less... I mean, technically, it's kind of like what Hydra is to the Nazis. They're like, we're our own thing, even though we're part of Hydra. Right, but, like, no. Like, we're not... They're not good to you. No, 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 of course not. But they have to, like, heroize her a bit or whatever. I can't say that. I'm fine with them, like retconning that a little bit because this was also like a little not fleshed out like i don't think they knew how far they were gonna go with scarlet witch at this point absolutely not if you had if you had told the writers of this that there was going to be a tv show with her and a fake vision who had who had died and explores her backstory they'd be like uh what yeah Pardon? like maybe they would have either cleared some things up or left it more vague so people could pick up the pieces later but. i mean they were definitely setting up this biz thing for sure but I don't think they knew just how far it was going to go. But I mean, I, I do like the, you know, we, we get this whole story about them watching the Stark bomb after their house has been like collapsed on top of them. And we actually see that in WandaVision, yeah. which I really liked. Of course, no mention of the, the sitcom thing, like you said. Right. 
I mean, yeah, explaining it out loud, it's like, this is so dumb. But at the time, and probably still now, I'm like, no, it it worked. But, like, thinking about it, I'm like, this is pretty dumb. (laughs) Especially, like, thinking about the last movie, which is, like, Modern Family. Yes. (laughs) Um, But... I did have a note in here just like, I, and we kind of already talked about it, so we don't have to spend a lot of time, but just tackling the collateral damage debate, like general thoughts, obviously it becomes the conflict as we continue. Like, do you feel like we already discussed it? Did you have other thoughts? A little bit. I mean, I think it's a, it's something that for a while in comic book movies, I, th- I guess it was like after, after they did a Man of Steel, I swear some people just like wouldn't shut up about it which is how like it wound up being such a major plot point in both Civil War and Batman v Superman. I was going to say, like, Batman v Superman. They were like, let's both really get into what happens when superheroes blow a bunch of shit up. Well, yeah, I guess that that's actually what I was thinking about in my notes, is, like, do you want a superhero movie that deals with it or not? Because I feel I, like you can't... You have to either go all in on it or you have to ignore it yeah. completely. I mean, like, the way that they did it was really good so i'm not mad about it but it also then you have to deal with the fact what in civil war i I think so i think they handled it well but then so much of the plot has to become about that and i don't want that to be the plot i get that and i i does saddle well i mean i would say that it saddles future writers to have to grapple with that for any fight scenes they plan but it really doesn't i mean a little bit i feel like the what is left of the sokovia accords is severely crippled, if not, like, written off entirely. It's been mentioned, like, a handful of times, well, but no one can. No one's going to really enforce it because, you know. Well, right, in-game happened, and, like, everyone lost half the population, so it's like, well, I we guess got, we're fine if some people, like, we we're fine with collateral damage about. because we all know what that loss feels like now. Right. And we want to avoid that from happening again. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I feel like I got so tired of, like, the Sokovia Accords, like, getting in the way of, like, our plot. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a really good impetus for the Civil War in this. Um, I think it is... It, it made for a better story than the original Civil War, Inter- which is more like the... Uh, than uh, Superman versus... Oh, well, definitely Batman. that. That was... I don't think it worked very well in that at all. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that story would have been, could have been handled better. I just don't think that was right. But um, yeah, no, I, I do. I get what you're saying about like having to deal with that so much, but like, especially after this movie and like all the Hulk stuff, like it was very ripe for that. So I feel like that was a really interesting take. Cause I, I think they knew what they had with this, like really the, the, like rivalry, rival chemistry almost between Steve and Tony, like using that to have it come to a head was really good. That was really like good writing. Um, I think that the spider, the original Spider-Man series did it well with like using the media as a character basically Mm -hmm. and having us view Spider-Man, how the world sees him, like where sometimes it's like, wow, he sucks, like, look at all, like, he bothered all these people. And it's usually not death, it's, like, nuisances. Yeah. And then you also see them being like, no, he's our neighborhood, like, Spider-Man. Like, seeing the pu- the public, like, go back and forth through that, 
I think is done I, well. I do wish we got a bit more of that because throughout the Avengers movies, yeah, we don't really see the general public's opinion. We see politicians. I feel like we see it a little bit in Civil War. I feel like the after that, like, bombing thing. Yeah, that's true. There is a bit of that. But I wish I do wish they had carried it out throughout yeah. more of the movies. Not and that much. There's, like, a bit. They did do that a bit at the end of Avengers. You had people being like, oh, my God, they saved us. And then a couple of people being like, well, what's the deal? They blew up half New York. Or, yeah, like, that's what they're saying. It's like, they, well, yeah, they did all this damage and they went home. So, like, what are we supposed to do about it? Clearly setting it up. Yeah. Um, I also forgot that we were doing like a Jurassic Park plot in this um, Hydra fortress. They have oh. like a full fucking dinosaur. Oh yeah, the like the, what? Whatever they call that thing. It was the um, shit. There's a name for it. The, yeah, the gi- a dinosaur. The giant flying Chitari dinosaur. Wait, is it a Chitauri? the thing that Tony sees? But like the one that's hanging on the ceiling? But see, he sees it as the Chitauri but it, thing, it but in the no, thing, I think it's a dinosaur. I, I think it is the corpse of one of the Chitauri flying things. Because I think um, that's like why, part of the reason why they have like the, the scepter is because they're like, well, the scepter is probably like, they had theories about it powering the Chitauri or something. Um, okay, well, still, it feels like Jurassic Park. It is dangerously close to Jurassic Park. Should we jump ahead a bit? Because I feel like we're hanging out in Sokovia for a long time. But I guess there's a lot going on here. Because, I mean, this the whole vision that Tony has, that's his, that sets his character arc forward. You know, he's made peace with being Iron Man, but now he's like, oh, hell no. Like, I am not. Now, now it's like he, he just got over his insomnia, and now he's going full-fledged into, I am not going to sleep until... I'm able to save everybody on earth now. He's, He's in that mode. I know. It's just like his ego once again being like, well, because this affects me, it has to affect everyone and I have the power to change it for everyone. So I will do that. Yeah. I think he, he can't help. He literally can't help himself. Like after he sees this, there's no way that he's going to be like, well, guess we'll just see what happens. Well, yeah, I have that note later where it, I don't know where it is, but it's later when he talks about his dream. But yeah, I mean, it just it, it hinges so much on it being Tony being the kind of person that he is and seeing this particular vision that puts him on this path. Like, and it's like he says to Nick, like being the one that survived, like that was that that anguish would have been too much. And like, that's kind of what ends up happening anyway, which is pretty rough. Um. I have a couple of notes before we get to the party. Okay. Is that where you want to jump to? Yeah, but what you got before that? We have Robin explaining it all once again. Of course. She just comes in to be like, well, this is what's happening. Um, I like the red herring with Barton and them being like, oh, what about your girlfriend? And he's like, yeah, my girlfriend. And then like just assuming he's going to die the whole movie. Yeah. Like, I think I like what they set up with Barton. In Me too. I think some people didn't like it. Yeah. But. I mean, the whole thing with just being like they, they telegraphed that it would be him dying so heavily that it came back around and people are like, well, obviously he's not going to die. <laughs> Spent all this movie like setting up like his side character stuff. But I think that um, the stuff on the farm and all is some of the the best scenes in the movie so i have no problem with it i just had a note here 
don't use Nazi technology, exclamation mark. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Just don't do it. It's bad. Just just blow it up. And don't eat Jarvis, sad face. That was sad. When he's like, I believe your intentions to be hostile. Leave him alone. Leave Paul Bettany alone. Yeah. So the party. What a great scene. The best scene of this whole movie is that hammer scene. And it was pretty delightful when it all came back in Endgame. Yes, indeed. I mean, I just, you just love seeing everybody hanging out. Like, we don't get a lot of scenes with all of the Avengers together where they're not fighting or arguing about something. Yes. It's just like, they're just chilling. And you, you have to assume that in the couple years between the first Avengers and this, like, things like this have happened occasionally. So I, I like to imagine that. Because this is pretty much the last chance they get to just be like workplace friends. And then after this, it's either one of them is uh, involved in some catastrophic plot or dead or hates at least one other person on the team. So they're having a good time. Not only that, like I guess a little bit before the party, we see Bruce and Tony in the lab, which is like when they're working on Ultron, but like. I like seeing them as lab buddies. We got a bit of that in the first Avengers and I kind of forget that like, like Tony's an asshole, but like he is like on Bruce's level of like intellect. Right. I, I read them very differently as people, but like they are intellectual equals. Yeah. And they can like riff with each other on a intellectual level. Yeah. Nobody else can. Where like Cap is more of the moral riffing guy and... That's not as much fun for Tony. No, he doesn't want to hear that. Um, the Don Cheadle's bit about boom, you looking for this is like probably my favorite joke in the whole movie. Uh, Thor being so incredibly unamused. He's like, oh, is that the whole show? Also Tony, but I feel like Tony's probably just heard the story before. Um, but then when he, when he tells it again to that group of random people and he just has this look of smug satisfaction on his face it also makes me wonder like who are these random people and how did they get the invite yeah to the party parties well i think it's people that work at that makes sense and of course like all that's why maria hill's there like remember she works for star right and all the veterans that are there that's cap like being like i'm gonna go down to the whatever the the vfw post and just get a bunch of guys to come up here I just have a couple of random notes here that I don't know what they go with, but it's so much worse with Tony. He said end game. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was specifically to, it, but. He said it. End game is said like twice. Yeah. Yeah. One person doesn't say it as end game. They're like. This is the end of the game, or this is the end of... Oh, that's, that's Tony again, I think. He, He's like, this is the end of the path that I started us on. No, but somebody else says, like... Something like that. Game end. Oh, game okay. ends here, or something like that. How will the game end? It's like All Bruce, this, and then the Russo brothers were like, it's not called end game, guys. Bunch of liars. Tony says at the beginning, though, he says end game. Yeah, that up there, that's the end game. Yeah, so despite what I was bitching about with... Joss Whedon's writing. I, I do like this scene, except for a couple things. Um, Tony has a weird line where he's like, I will be reinstituting prima nocta when he talks about like lifting up the hammer, which is like this old timey law, like in like feudal times where there's a king 
and someone is getting married like in his kingdom, it was like the king's right to just have sex with whoever the woman that was getting married. Gross. Like non-consensually. So it was like not good. Doesn't really seem in character and also just like bit of a weird pull by Joss Whedon there. Feels like it's in character for Joss Whedon. Doesn't he have not a great reputation? Yeah, he's a terrible reputation. And it's even, I was like looking up um, stuff about this line because I think it took people a while to be like, uh, like, like a little bit after it came out. And there were all these articles being like, Joss Whedon has a reputation for being a feminist and all this stuff. I was like, oh, Does this he? age. He did for a oh, while. Oh, because he did um, whatever Buffy. Well, Buffy and all that. Like he did, he used to have a good reputation for that. And now it's in the toilet because he's an asshole. Um, and then also we have a scene where after the Ultron bond starts showing up, um, Bruce falls face first into Nat's boobs. And I he, looked away. He did that again in his cut of Justice League. I think he just has a thing for it. It's super weird. Like what? Why? Like we're it's 2015. Like is like that's a joke it, from 2004. That's a joke I expect in Fantastic Four. Yeah, yes, it is, and they didn't even do it in Fantastic Four. They, they did other icky stuff. They did with do Jessica other icky Alba. stuff. That's true. Okay, so I'm not going to give them too much credit, but certainly not this Joss. Which also, is, we have what one female character, and we have to oversexualize. I mean, I know it's Scarlett Johansson, but still, he can't help but he can't not do it. Like, just let her be hot. She's already hot. You don't have to do extra stuff. Uh, but the rest of it, great. Love getting a bit of downtime before things go to shit again. I think those notes were when things went to shit. Uh, yes. Yes, they were. Because as as all that is happening, Ultron has killed poor baby Jarvis. Well, and eaten him. Eaten him, <laughs> yeah. And spat him back out so they can put him back together. Yum, yum. And t- he, for some reason, took over a broken Iron Legion bot, which... I, I get it's cool for dramatic effect, but you think all trying to know better. They're not all broken. A bunch of perfectly good ones just flew into the building right before he did that He's shit. He's weak. He's calibrating. Sure. I like it. The, bl- the, no, the so cassette do, so blood or it's, whatever. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool looking. Um, I like, well, I already said this. I like all the Ultron upgrades. Yeah. I don't have a lot of notes here, but. Neither do I. Well, because we. You know, all the Ultrons escape, or the Ultron escapes in his different bodies and all. And we pretty quickly jump to, like, we know where he is. Um, Did people freak out when they said Wakanda? Oh, of course. I mean, I didn't because I didn't know what they were talking about. But, yeah, people must have been going ballistic because it was... I don't think anybody would have been expecting it. I mean, at this point in time... Black Panther had been announced, so but it wasn't it wasn't for so far off. I mean, I think it was a little it was supposed to come out a little bit sooner than it did because everything got pushed back after Spider Man was announced. But still, oh and yeah, Ultron had uh, taken the scepter, right? Yes, one, one of the, the one of the bots took bots. this, which is how they were they were tracking that bot. And so yeah, we we get this. Well, as a note here, I do appreciate the similarity in Ultron's humor to Tony's. Write it down. And I had a note at the same time that said, I wonder if I'd like Ultron better if he was played more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is like a, a little setup scene, a little, yeah, a little Black Panther setup in the middle of the movie, um, not only with uh, Waka, Wakanada 
as Bruce Banner says, but also getting Ulysses Claw. And they set up this whole backstory here um, about him having previously broken into Wakanda and stolen like the all the Lord, vibranium, and stuff, yeah. which is really cool. All of the vibranium. Yeah, which is pretty wild. No, I was saying that because I mean, it's not all not, of the but vibranium. But what he, he thought. No, I think he knows that there's more. Oh, okay. Who, who thought? Did someone they say, say that? They say that's the rumor is that oh, he okay. stole all of their vibranium. But if he's been to Wakanda, he knows that's not all of their vibranium. Unless he's really stupid, which he's I not. think he says that so, like, his stuff is worth more. Yeah. Like, this is all of the vibranium left in the world. Yeah. And he can just lie because I think he knows that after he did it, no one else has the the guts to do it again yeah and he like has a respect for wakanda right because i think he says like in black panther like i'm the only one that's been like i'm the only outsider that's been in and lived yeah i mean what a what a great character doesn't live long no and everybody regrets that even ryan coogler director of black panther was like i wish i hadn't done that and i was like same I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I, get, I get why, but, like, bring him back. He was great. We barely got to see him use his cool arm. But I, I liked his part here. And when he calls out Ultron for using a Stark-ism, I do like that. I think that's when I had my note. Like, I, I enjoy that. Also, like, a fun phrase, fun turn of phrase that he uses there. Um, and I, I do think that that scene even though Ultron is like a little quippy works well for me. Cause he goes from like the, like he's like friendly and like amenable and then immediately goes to like, don't, right. don't do that. Cuts off his arm. And then again, he's like, Oh, like, sorry about that. Like I liked, I like that bit. So it's not, it's not I, all bad. IMO. I think part of the reason why I don't mind the humor is like, it makes him more unhinged that he is like making a joke, but then is also completely annihilistic. Mm-hmm. Like, that is scarier to me than it just being played straight, honestly. Like, him just being, like, a robot monster, like, in any other sci-fi movie is not as scary to me as this, like, personal robot that understands what's going on and is, like, this is the only solution. I, I think you're probably right. because like, like, he's I, a scarier I, Thanos, if it were being on it. Or, yeah. He's a scarier yeah. Thanos. You think he's scarier than Thanos? And what he is capable his, of, his, yeah. Yeah, his goal is not noble. Like, yeah, and it could be per- Thanos could be perceived that. I'm not saying it is, but yes. Well, and the fact that he is code, like there is no talking him in or out of anything. Like, ultimately, you can't talk Thanos out of it. But like, Black Thanos Panther is Star-Lord. like quote unquote human, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah, like, I mean, totally. I do get that. And I, I like I've said this about Ultron, but like I don't that might not make a good movie to just have him be like a cold, calculating killer robot. Like that's just boring. literally any sci-fi movie. Right. And I think like like when I was saying that I had um read the Age of Ultron comic, which again was like very different. I think part of the reason why that version worked better is because they had the luxury of showing us this alternate universe where like Ultron killed so many heroes. Like, he was very effective in that regard. He wasn't going for a global destruction. He was like, I'm going to murder the Avengers and every other superhero. That would be a better plot. Well, which is what this one was supposed to start out as. Yeah. And, like, they they couldn't do a movie with with stakes or plot like that at this point in the MCU. It it wouldn't have made any sense. Or even, like, an alternate killing. That would be way too much. So 
yeah, maybe maybe it is for the best that this Ultron was the way that he was. Are the visions that are are you there where they're yeah, all yeah. fighting mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch again? On the boot. And uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he's fairly ineffective in this fight. I mean, he punches Cap a couple times, so I'll, I'll give him that, but yes. Are their visions kind of like clues for their own personal future? I think so. Can we break them down a little bit? Yeah. I know we've already talked a lot. <laughs> More than we thought we would for this movie. Sure, but, but I mean, we, there's a lot to talk about, Like, no matter how we feel about it. So we briefly talked about Tony where everyone dies except for him, and yep. he couldn't stop it. Yes. Oh, this was my note that I meant to say earlier. Like, Tony is so arrogant to think that his vision was the only one that could be real. Yeah. Like, everyone else was like, no, mine was real. And he's like, no, 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 they don't understand. Mine was real. My vision. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so arrogant. I mean, I do, like, get it. Because, like, a bit of it is, like, what we see, like, Caps is, like, kind of, like, in the past. So it's like, here's what I saw. Thor's, Thor's is very much, like, that's. Well, we don't actually the, see his. Oh, no, no, not Thor's. I'm sorry. Uh, Hulk's. Hulk's, no. So I don't know. But, like, but, yeah, I, I, he definitely is. Well, you know, Thor has the exact same reaction as when he's like, no, mine's real. I can tell that it's real. And, like, I would say, like, well, Nats and Caps are both in the past, but it's very real for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just feel like Tony is just so, he just thinks that he is the only one that, like, actually knows that it's, like, true or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating, but it's also frustrating to me because, like, at the end of the day, like, he's right. Like, there not is exactly. there is something coming. Well, but it, yeah. Like, it's not necessarily that, but, like, he, like, he does everything wrong on the journey there, but I feel like he has the right idea of, like, trying to, like, be prepared. He fucks it up every step of the way, but when, when other people are like, no, like, we need to, like, you're, you're looking too far ahead or, like, you're paranoid, like everything like his worst fear like turned out to be true it was a diff- in a different manner than he thought but well yeah was. like none of them died right yeah which is it's not it but he still had to like watch like people that he loved like peter die and yeah. be the survivor but still yeah he's a dick about it to everybody in the present well, and it's not even that he's a dick it's just like him him just being like Mine was real. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else is invalid. It's me. Like, I think it's fine to be scared and to say that, but it's, it's almost like he's dismissive of everyone else's vision. Yeah. Yeah. He he definitely is. He just, he doesn't care. He's like, I saw mine and I can do something about it. So I'm going to, that's it. Yeah. Not knowing that what you're going to do is what will end up causing it. Right. It's very Shakespearean. It, It really is. Um, so that's his. And then Caps is. Caps is him in the dance hall with Peggy. Which I would say is like his future. Yeah, but like. Like that is the decision but he, can, he makes. But he can cope with it better when he actually chooses to do it. I know. No, I, I just meant. I was saying. I'm sorry. Like I wanted to break them down. And it's like, is this a hint for all oh, of them? Oh, like for their future. Yeah. Then yes. For sure. Yeah. Without the uh, PTSD that is being kind of showcase i love his scene with like the like champagne bottles popping and like the gunfire and stuff yeah but yeah him being back with peggy um like i wonder if this stays with him probably yeah i mean obviously but like that it's him going back is kind of a reference to him remembering this like vision of what he could have from yeah yeah and it's probably like 
that vision was not fun, but here's an opportunity for me to go back and have that and have it like not rack me with guilt or like, like his you know, is my fight of, is done. His is less of a nightmare in that like that's a nightmare scenario, more of like a nightmare that like I can't get to that. Well, I think it's a bit of that, but also like the whole thing is like, you won't be happy with her because you'll well, be thinking about. Yeah, it's just like you can't he can't have peace because I think Ultron like says something to that. It's like he says to Steve, like the the man who, yeah, like you think you can live without a war, which I think is is true now, which is why this is his nightmare. But as as the years pass and movies pass, he he because he comes to peace with the fact that he doesn't always need to be the one doing the fighting. Right. But he's not he's not there yet. That that is his journey though that he's gonna go on and then ultimately Bucky's journey. Yep. I like that they kinda use this vision of Nats as somewhat of a basis for her movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because this was the first background that we got on her ever, besides we knew that she had defected to Shield. Right. And that she had done some messed up shit. We had no idea like what that entailed. But we get like I think they put the name to the Red Room for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think they spend too much time on this, like, whole, like, sterilization thing. Like, you can't have kids, like, because of this whole Bruce Banner thing that yeah, I'm like, this plot doesn't sit right. I also don't like that she's like, you think you're the only monster on the team? Right. What? I, I'm sorry, are you a monster because you can't have kids? I can't have babies. I'm not, I'm useless as a woman. Is that what you're trying to say, Joss Whedon? Yeah, didn't like that. But all the other stuff, I I think hers was good. It was good. I, that because really, for her, her nightmare is her past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has like, to go and what, face right. which is her future. I, I honestly think the uh, the glimpses that we get of the Red Room in this are exponentially more terrifying than what the Red Room actually is in the movie. Well, yeah. But we they, also see a more modern version of it's it. It's true. Yeah, I just her childhood red room though is terrifying. Oh, absolutely. When they're yeah, like yeah. in those crates and stuff. Yeah, that like, was that was like more in line with like what is being presented here. The full flying fortress, whatever we we'll talk about that. Well, we already did talk about that when we saw Black Widow, but and then we have Thor's. He's the last one who's we actually see. Ay ay ay. Okay, can you explain a reminder of what happens in this? I mean, kind of. I don't even really know. He's. He's he's on Asgard presumably, and there's like a party going on, but like the vibes are bad, and Heimdall is there, but he's like blind right. or something. Oh, and they're all dead. Yeah, oh, that's what all... I was like. Is this a thing for the future? Because all of Asgard does. Yeah. Die. Yikes. Yeah, and, and they're all they're there. and they're blaming Thor for it. Like you yeah. doomed us all, which uh, you can argue that he wasn't... doesn't. He say like we're in hell, and I was like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, he does, which you can argue that the all of Asgard getting blown up is not necessarily Thor's fault. It's more Loki's fault. Well, but yeah, I think this is pretty heavy handed. And Loki was supposed to be in this scene. They filmed uh, Tom Hiddleston scenes for this, but they cut it because it was they didn't want to tease people. That they didn't want to tease people because apparently, according to Tom Hiddleston. People saw like a test screening with that, and they got the idea that like, oh, like Loki was behind everything. He's like controlling uh, Ultron this whole yeah. time, and they're like, no. That would have been kind of confusing. And I think it also just made it too long and was distracting. Yeah. So. Well, I already think that. So his dream is fine. Whatever. It's like his first introduction to these stones. Mm-hmm. 
this was the worst part of this whole movie for me is when he, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like when no. he goes to the water and does this whole like it's Thor so business. stupid. And this is the way that we learn about the stones. Like we just got off Guardians where we were complimenting how they introduced the stones for the most part. Um, and like this is how it's entered into like our world on Earth is so bad. It's so bad and contrived and like, takes up so much time of the movie for him to go and find um, Selvig. Selvig and then go to this pond and it's like every um, planet has one of these reflection pools. Uh, okay. There's just so much with this that could have very easily been solved by, by Thor. He's on a mission, comes back and tells everyone what he found. Joss Whedon wanted this scene to be longer. And in maybe the one creative committee decision I agree with was that they were like, okay, you can make it longer, but if you do, we're going to cut all this stuff at Hawkeye's farm. So he was like, okay, fine. I want to keep the farm, so I'll keep this at its current length. In my opinion... While the whole thing was completely awkward and such a sloppy way of of doing this Infinity Stone shit, was like, why not just have this as like a post credit scene, right? Like the they finished fighting Ultron, and we just we don't right. do this he thing with need Ultron. To know this Thor for doesn't the like fly away. Ultron we thing. Just, yeah, we we just like go like after the movie. Like he's there with Selvig. We don't have to like have him go like pick yeah. him up from school. And then they can like let it breathe a little bit, and it's not just slammed in the middle. Yeah, of that would have been better. Because I, I don't and know. And more of a ooh, what is this? Right. I guess they felt the need to do it one way or another because they were like, well, we introduced some of the stones, or we did the thing in Guardians, but like people might not see Guardians. Some people might just right. go see the Avengers movies, but like there yeah, had to I, be a better way than this. They needed to let people on Earth know what was happening with the stones yeah. because like obviously they don't know what's happening in guardians right um but yeah i think your idea is really good or just like a post cred yeah or yeah or like you said just like have him come back or just have thor know about the infinity stones it was just so misplaced it was really awkward i don't also this is like our farm time for all of us right yeah like we're busy <laughs> We're busy having cozy what? farmhouse Are you not going to help chop wood? What do you have that hammer for? <laughs> we just have his axe yet. So he's like, I didn't, I didn't think I would be useful. I was starting to like lose track of like what Nat's role in this movie was. Natasha's. And like what they were trying to set up. Because at this point, was there like talk of her getting her movie? I have no idea. I mean, behind, I feel like not, it's too late. not publicly. And it wasn't announced on the slate at the internally. They were probably having arguments about it because at the time, this is when Kevin Feige was not only re- reporting to the creative committee, he was also reporting to a noted dick, sexist, racist asshole, Ike Perlmutter, who is like president of Marvel Studios um, or president of like Marvel Entertainment or something. Oh, right. And he, he was the one women. that was like, no women. And um, among other things, he was a major roadblock. So. I mean, I stand by that I think if they had made that movie, it would have been really bad. But it should have happened before or after Avengers. Yes, absolutely. But, like, yeah, and not only that, it was, like, 
She wasn't getting her own movie, and also they gave her such a weird role in this where she was like... Like, wants to stop fighting and, like, run away? Like, like that's not I who quit. she is. And it's also, like, weird... I didn't like the Banner love interest thing, and also, like, Hulk babysitter. Like, I... It does not... I don't mind the love interest with Hulk on a general level. I just don't like how it played out. That's probably it for me, too. Like, I think their whole thing is really cute where she's, like, the one that calms him down. If they had done it better, I wouldn't have minded it, but it was just, like, I don't know. It was so... I more like her her chemistry with the Hulk and less with Bruce Banner. The character motivations were just, like, all over the place because... Those are like the two characters that they definitely didn't have any concrete future plans for. Which is why they literally just got rid of the Hulk. Right. They're They're like, like, well, we can't make a Hulk movie, so like, go. Could you just time out for a little bit? They were originally going to have like a thing, um, because I guess there's like a line at the end of it where they're like, we don't know. Or like there's... The, the Quinjet is, like, somewhere in the ocean or something. Like, we found it. Originally, it was going to say, like, we f- it's, like, near Saturn or something. Oh. But they weren't planning on doing anything with the Hulk, especially not, like, the, the, the planet Hulk thing, which ended up, yeah, in Thor Ragnarok. So they were like, no. Like, don't give, don't give people any ideas because they're going to start doing fan theories and they're going to be really disappointed when nothing happens. Oh, and speaking of the Hulk, I forgot to say this note. I was writing out... Good job, Veronica. Crossed it out. Wow. JK. Never mind. <laughs> so, like, Veronica is, like, the prison that the Hulk is supposed to be in. And then it works, and then immediately the Hulk breaks out of it. Did not. It's like, you have one job, Veronica. <laughs> this is the thing with all this stuff. Tony builds all these anti-Hulk things and then never gets to actually test them. So I guess it's just like, well, I hope it works. I saw there's, like, this little comic that someone made about... Tony building all this anti-Hulk stuff and uh, everyone else in the team is like, wow, like that's not very nice, Tony. And Bruce Banner's like, I'm right here. Like, they're like, what are you going to make next? Like the anti-Captain America suit? Like, huh, Tony? Like, I thought we were teammates. <laughs> Which is like, it's funny, but also like, yeah, it's the Hulk. They he, need he already, something. He already tried to like take down the Helicarrier once. Yeah. And was about to, he's like on the verge of like, Probably killing Black Widow. He was winding up for a big punch. Well, I know, but see, that's like the part where I like their chemistry is that I feel like she has a connection with Hulk, who is his own person, separate from Bruce, and they could have done more with that. Definitely. They they pick it up with Tessa Thompson's character, which I like, but... um, Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're necessarily shipping that, but, like, I like that she has a relationship with the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's fun. Um, really quick side note. Who is Stark talking to without Jarvis? Because he's, like, giving out orders in his little helmet. And, like, but that was always Jarvis. He's talking to a Friday... Oh, that sounds like a James Bond girl character. It absolutely does. I don't. She's just like the Jarvis replacement. Pretty much. He got over that fast. And I think there were, well, I I guess he had several other ones like on standby, but just picked Friday. Irish voice. It's fun, but she's no Jarvis. (laughs) But I think Friday sticks around, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Jarvis never 
resumes being his AI. Um, we get our first, well, not our first, but like we get the pre-Civil War fight. Yes. It escalates real fast, doesn't it? I mean, even earlier, it was even before this when Thor like chokes out Tony. That was like well, earlier in the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was already bad enough. I'm like, right. guys, like, let's tone it down. But yeah, here it's it gets real rough. Because this is still on the farm, right? Or have they left the no, farm? No, they so they're at the farm, which we didn't really talk too much about specifics there, but it's it's a nice time. And we get to meet Clint's family, which fortunately came back. Love them all. Great time. Great farmhouse. Nick Fury's here. The gang's all together. Yeah, that's always funny. Yeah. Just, I always forget it. He's and just then there. It's like, oh, can you look at the tractor? And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So sneaky. <laughs> and it, it, it's so funny now that, like, knowing what we know about Laura Barton, it's like Nick Fury probably just, like, called her. Yeah. Was Didn't like, even oh, go still, through You Clint. still have this number? <laughs> so after the farm. Yeah, so they, they track down where Ultron is. And he has traveled all the way to South Korea because Helen Cho is there, and she is the key to Ultron building his ultimate body, his vision, if you will. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Yes. And Poor I, Helen Cho. She doesn't make it, does she? She does. Um, she's working at the Avengers compound at the end of the movie. Doesn't mean we ever see her again. But, yeah, I, okay. I, I always think when we watch it that Ultron kills her because it seems like she should have died because he just, like, hits her with some laser, but, yeah, she lives. Um, well, we get, like, this chase sequence throughout Seoul where, you know, they have the, the cradle, they're calling it, like, in the back of the truck. I didn't even realize we were in South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> scene. I didn't they, know where we were most of this movie. I was actually surprised that they actually shot there. For, well, like, some of this outdoor stuff, which doesn't... That doesn't surprise me. They go on location for, like, the exterior stuff a lot. It's... Well, they do so much in Atlanta. Like, everything yeah. that they do is in Atlanta. But you can't really approximate South Korea Yeah, you can't do, Atlanta. like, an Asian city. It looks a little different. Um, but this is a pretty fun scene. You know, we have, yeah. we have Black Widow on the motorcycle. The and Yeah. I, I enjoy this This is sequence. a good scene. But th- by this point in the movie... We're just so, like, tired of their antics. Right. Everyone's antics. It seems like this is almost like a, uh, like, let's just hurry up and, like, let's get to it. Because, like, we know what's, we know it's coming. They're really dragging out, like, the Ultron's working on something, but we don't know what. Um, but they have, like, he, Ultron has this whole scheme where she has this tissue or this uh, technology to make this synthetic tissue. And then he's got the vibranium and the Mind Stone and the Scepter and all this Pretty pretty solid plan, um, but this is also the moment when the the twins or the Maximoffs, as Wikipedia refers to them, which is maybe better, not the twins, um, realize Ultron's true nature. Yeah, they realize they done fucked up. They really did done fuck up. Well, I just don't think that they would have trusted Ultron. Yeah, it doesn't especially because he came out of Stark. Yeah, it's. They were very willing to just, like, go off of what he was saying, which is about, like, the we need to, like, stop the Avengers. Where they really took that at face value. I'm like, you have no reason to trust this guy. Like, I feel like they are portrayed as smarter than that. Yeah. It was very much of, like, a an enemy of my enemy right. is my friend. But, like, but they were, like, all in. It wasn't just, like, mm, I don't know about this guy, but let's see Yeah, they were, like, zealots happens. about it, which is, yeah, it seems strange. And it, yeah, it, they, they are presented as 
not those kind of people right. to like jump headfirst and do something like this, but yeah, at the time, convenience, like it's fine. Like that's not the biggest like plot hole ever. No, it's it not. Just kind of silly. And then of course, um, they managed to get the prevision body back, but Black Widow does not make it out. Yeah, this was kind of like there was no point in this of her being kidnapped. To what end? I, just so they get that extra Hulk scene where they're like, we'll run away together. I don't know. Like, up, there was... Up the stakes, I guess. But there, but it didn't. Like, it know. did not change the stakes at all. I feel like it was like, well, we already know that we're not going to kill any of the Avengers, so like, let's make it seem like one of them's in mortal danger. Didn't I never once felt like she was in mortal danger. No, because it would have been stupid if they, if they had killed her. And then, okay, so now we have the, the pre-Civil War fight because they, um, Bruce and Tony want to upload Jarvis into the body. Mostly Tony. Mostly Tony. But Bruce doesn't really, well, I mean, what's Bruce Bruce is, do? like, questioning it. Yeah, he was, I do like his whole thing where he's like, I'm in a time loop. Like, <laughs> we just did this. Yeah, Why I would actually we... say he's actively saying, like, this is a bad idea this that's time. That's true, that's true. Um, but yeah, he's not going to, like, stop Tony. Yeah. And that's, Tony's mad at him because he's like, you're a pushover. Right. And it all devolves very quickly. Like, if your alter ego is the Hulk, yeah, I'm going to be a pushover. Right. And life. I mean, that's like what Tony was saying. That's like bullshit. Like, he wasn't even, he wasn't even like completely shutting Tony down. He was like, maybe we should just like talk about it because like he's trying to keep secrets from the team again, which is a whole thing. Um, but this is, I, I do like this scene. I mean, Bruce gets this line to Wanda where he's like, I could choke the life out of you and never like change a shade or something, which is like, we don't get that much like of that, like dark intensity from Mark Ruffalo's banner, but like it's there. And like, of course right now he would, he would be able to kill Wanda because like she put him like in a horrible position. Yeah. Like that is terrible. That's the other thing that she doesn't seem to care about, like civilian casualties at this point. And then like, she takes such a blow after this movie. Like, it's such an important part of her character after this movie. Yeah. Like, she has no qualms because she's going along with Ultron. I, I think I it's... hope that he's messing with their brains with the stone. I don't think so. I think it was just when they decided to take Wanda's character where they wanted it to go, they just changed her values. But, like, it doesn't yeah. line up with what she's doing this whole movie. Like, she gets so many innocent people killed. Presumably. They never say that Hulk killed anybody, but, like, you it's know implied. he killed people. Yeah. Um, but I, I I also, like, when um, Hawkeye, like, shoots the glass out from under Quicksilver in that in this fight scene. Where he steps on him? No, he he's standing underneath oh, him. Oh, yes, They're yes. Standing yes. On, like, and then the he steps floor. on him. Yeah. I just like this. And he, like, sees the bullet going up, and then he gets to be like, what, you didn't see that coming? I know. They have a lovely tit for tat, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. One good thing, so now we're, we have our little pre-Civil War fight. Now we're all on the same team, mostly. We're going to go fight Ultron back in Sokovia, right? Right. The This is one good thing about this plot of this movie is, like, they made this fight, this, like, final fight, similar to Avengers 1. Like, similar stakes and, like, similar vibe of, like, these are, like, not aliens but like basically aliens 
And I thought that was done well. Like we didn't introduce like too much new stuff and it kind of was in the similar vein of like it's an ongoing fight with like lots of things coming at us and then like one big thing. Yeah. Which I think is good to use that as a footprint for like the big fight scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's even it's though it's, a, it's kind classic. of the same. I find it overall a little less engaging than the one from the first Avengers. Uh, yeah. Most of that's because there's no Loki involved, and I feel like he's such a interesting part of that. The most exciting part about this is getting to see Scarlet Witch use her powers, I feel For like. Sure. Um, and then, I mean, the, the added stakes here is, like, getting to run off the island. Yeah. And, well, I mean, there's a lot of really good moments wasn't here. Wasn't always an island. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the... Uh, Ultron's plan is, like, a little goofy inherently. Like, we're going to rip this city out of the ground and slam it back. <laughs> it's, like... It feels I mean, like something a computer would come up with because they've, like, calculated, like, this is exactly what needs to happen. And it's, like, I guess the easiest way. Yeah. I feel like... I mean, it's, like, good and it's, like, a spectacle. I just... I feel like it's still, like, a bit... It's pretty wild. It does feel calculated, though. It does. Which is why I think it works. Oh, also, like how we, the, I, we didn't even really talk about like Vision being born, which is a great scene. Oh yeah, um, that was kind of the other Civil War fight, right? Because well, that y- yeah, because that's when like Thor pops up. He is he's gotten all of his uh, education on the Infinity Stones, and he knows that he knows now that the thing that's on Vision's body in the cradle is an Infinity Stone. So he's like, I'm gonna activate it, and we just get like this cool little scene where Paul Bettany has finally uh, graduated from voice acting into actual acting. And I mean, luckily turns out to be like a nice guy. Cause like if, if they had like miscalculated, it was like, Oh, it's not really Jarvis. It's kind of like more Ultron than that would have been like, he could the just same, could have killed all of the, that was kind of the crux of the argument. No, I know. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, the best, kind of the best point. moment in this whole thing is that, uh, Vision sees Thor's cape and is like, I'm a girl with cape. <laughs> that was <laughs> funny. I never, it was pretty subtle. Um, this early Viz very much reminds me of the Silver Surfer in the second Fantastic Four movie. Definitely. And not necessarily in a good way. Like, very measured. Like, I am not better than you that's not the the right word but like i am on a higher plane of existence than you all and understand much more deeply which is kind of the silver surfers vibe yeah but um that changes quickly yeah i love what is created with viz's character as we move forward yeah viz in civil war is a very cool character he's like when you think about it like he really doesn't have that much time on screen between this and when he dies, but he makes a pretty big impact in that time, which is pretty impressive. And I mean, he's such a big part of like their victory in this movie too. So he quickly becomes an integral part of the team. Plus he can lift Mjolnir. What a, what a moment. Love that. Yeah. After they'd been like talking about it so much. Um, That was a good way for that to be planted early on. Definitely. Like, just in case you forgot about it, like, here are the prerequisites. Yeah. But they made it, like, fun. Yeah. Obviously. Um, kind of over Cap and his pep talks in this movie. I don't like how Cap is written, I think, overall in this. No. Which is what I think you were saying earlier. They 
they like just did such a great job of like updating his character in Winter Soldier, and then Joss Whedon like completely ignored it and just like brought us back to like this. Not even Avengers Cap. I don't know what he is. He didn't know what to do with his character. He didn't know what to do with most of the characters in this movie. And it's a bummer because Cap's my favorite and he gets pretty shafted. Yeah. He's just like not important. He's gonna to this make plot. a comeback, don't worry, Griff. He is. But still. Um what I what I do like, I put a little less than greater than in my notes. More Clint chats. Cause his little pep talk to uh, I've that's the last note that I Wanda actually bought in taking was, is excellent. It was really good. And I mean like their their relationship is really cool. Um that's like I will give Joss Whedon a lot of credit for He knew how trying, to write Clint. trying to get people to care about Hawkeye. I don't think it worked. Oh, because I people think it did. people still would never be like, Oh, I love Hawkeye. Like I, I mean, no, but like Yeah. This I, is the only movie I pointed to be like, Oh, I liked him in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also think it, it did upset some people that it was it was all kind of bait to make you think that he was gonna die. But I don't care. Yeah, no, that his good bait. His moment with, with Wanda is really good. I also he feel has like so much self awareness about the fact that he's got the bow and arrow, which was much needed. He owed Jeremy Renner for the first Avengers where he just has to be a robot the whole time. Yeah, because Jeremy Renner was pissed about that. I know. Rightfully so. Yeah, so they're fighting as a team. They have that part where they're all, like, in the the church, their backs to the thermal thing or whatever that is, mm-hmm. and they're all fighting. And it's just such a difference than the... Like I was saying earlier, the first scene of the movie where they like split up and they're like doing their own thing and they're like talking on comms and like this is like them coming together and Mm. fighting and it's just visually very nice. Teamwork to make the dream work. Even though it's like whatever, it's trite now, but at the time it's not. So (laughs) I love it. I eat it up. They have a couple weird things in that circle scene. Um, I don't know why they like had like a shot that was like like sideways of Thor hitting a robot. And I don't know how that I don't know why that was in there. Didn't like that. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I was enjoying the moment. Well, it's a good circle, but this <laughs> a, and then the funny thing is like when Hawkeye throws his bow. Didn't notice that. He like either. punches a robot and then like throws his bow off screen. I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> You cannot go around punching these robots, man. You do not have vibranium fists or adamantium. You are not Wolverine. You're going to break your hand. Everyone had their, everyone had a cool arsenal in this movie. Though. I will say that we didn't really talk about Cap having his magnet thing on his arm. Um, we get some Black, trick arrows. Black Widow has like these like taser baton things, which are cool. Yeah, I dig everybody's gear. Um. Quicksilver. Rest in peace to my boy. They don't call him Quicksilver, though. I don't think they could legally do that at the time. Well, okay, whatever we want. <laughs> no, to call I know, him. I know. Aaron um, Taylor Johnson. ATJ, who was apparently worried about um, Pete. signing a contract for one of these movies because he didn't want to have to like come back for like eight of them. He signed a seven movie contract. Clearly, didn't didn't have to worry about. Oh, he doing did anything sign else. the contract. He did sign the contract. But now he's mad that they won't bring him back. I wonder if he is, though. I thought you said that, that he was, like, tweeting during the, the TV show when they brought back Evan Peters. I, I thought you said that he was, like, no one called me. 
Oh yeah. No, I think you're right. I don't know if he was like mad, mad, but he's he probably he's be probably mad. bemused at the very least, and now he's playing a character in a a Sony Spider-Man adjacent movie. So. I mean, think about all this move, money he's missing out on. Yeah, I mean, it was like a really interesting choice for them to put Quicksilver in this movie, like while the X-Men franchise was still in full swing. Um, like I don't know if there was ever a plan for if they didn't kill Quicksilver in this movie. Like, I don't know how they would have moved forward with the plot. Well, so that was my next note, actually. It was like, at the time when I saw this movie, I was devastated, in all caps in my notes. Like, now watching it, like, he died, and I'm, like, mostly fine, especially because, like, Wanda could never become Scarlet Witch, like, if... Pietro lived like there's no Scarlet Witch plot if he continues to live like they're gonna have their own separate plot or whatever like they would obviously like do something but like the journey she goes on could never happen if her brother twin is still alive basically right and I feel like if anything like if they had kept him around like he would have they wouldn't have ended up on different sides he would have been on you know, caps and she would have been on Tony's or whatever. Right. And, and I wouldn't have wanted to see that, uh, siblings fighting like that. Do you think like, do you think in a way like her, her story would have like changed for the better though? Cause like right now, like things are not going great. Yeah. So like where, like where <clears throat> do we think she would have ended up? Like you and other people keep saying that and I keep holding the torch that they're not going to, ruin her i'm not even talking about like the stuff that hasn't come out yet but i just mean like the fact that like if quicksilver had still been around like at the time that like would she have ever joined the avengers like would she have been on that mission where she accidentally blew up that building because that was like the catalyst for so many other things like i just i'm not saying like i'm not trying to say anything about painting wanda as a villain i'm just like like I'm, I do genuinely wonder, like where. Oh, she I see what you're up. saying. I thought you meant like what's about to happen in the next. No, movie. no, not like just like where she already has been. Um, I I feel like they would have been part of the Avengers in some capacity, maybe not as much. Like they might have had their own journey of like reckoning with their childhood, like that she does on WandaVision. but. But that also could have been the rift where she's like, no, I'm staying because of that chat with Clint where she's like, I I walked out there and I chose to be an Avenger. Yeah. Like, that's their whole thing. And, right. like, he obviously has this, like, bond or whatever with Clint. So, like, I think they would have stayed on as Avengers. This is a good idea for a what-if episode. Oh, if Pietro hadn't died. Yeah. Yeah. They should, they should give that a shot. They don't even have to get Aaron Taylor Johnson back. <laughs> but, like, I think she'd be a much weaker character if he had survived, I guess. Yeah, I... I Powers-wise and character-wise. I agree. That uh, tragedy helps her come into her own a bit, for sure. Well, and obviously you wouldn't have one division. No, no. I don't know what we would have gotten instead. Like, even if everything had happened with the this, like, she show. wouldn't have been... Uh broken no it wouldn't be the same because she would have some sort of support system yeah also shield shows up with the hell carrier yeah. to evacuate everybody which, which is fun i always forget that that's like not part of the plan and like they just think that they're gonna die 
Yeah, and they're all just like, these people like, oh. are gonna die. Yeah, they're like, oh well, well, there's better ways to die, as Black Widow says. I was like, yeah, there's also, or she's like, there's worse ways to die. Like, there's also not dying. <laughs> like, I don't know what. But the- see, that's her being who she is to her core, not somebody that's like, let's just leave. Right. I mean, like, push come to shove, like, do we actually think she would have done it? Well, no, and I think that's why Hulk leaves without her. But, like... Still, though, I mean... I don't know. Teasing it, that never even made any sense. Like, they were making her a character that she wasn't. Right. But, um, this is... So, this has always been a point of contention amongst, um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon versus not canon (laughs) debate. Because, like I was saying earlier, um, they really made a point on the show of tying stuff into Age of Ultron. Some of it was a little corny. Some of it was better done. But the episode before the movie came out, they have, I think, Maria Hill's in the episode. And it's like a bunch of like the main cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seeing that they are working on this. They have like an old decommissioned helicarrier from the pre-Winter Soldier days. And they're like, Nick Fury's like been working on getting this up and running, like just in case someone needs it. And then in the movie, Nick Fury is like, I got it like with the help from some old friends or something. Yeah. Which is like a whole thing there because some people are like, Agent oh, well, by the, by the old friends, it's Coulson and it's, it's fits. Cause also like he like builds the thing that Nick Fury uses to cut into the ground at the beginning of winter soldier. But then also, the, the Hell Carrier is just manned by some of the people that were in Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like the guy who refused to give the launch orders to Project Insight. So some people are like, are they referring to this one or this one? Like, <laughs> desperate for breadcrumbs it's that acknowledge open. what happened. And it just, it never ends. I think that that That's still comes up. On purpose. Absolutely. I, I think... Um, they they probably told the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writers like a little bit and they're like, all right, like, let's see what we can do with this. But of course, like that does not it's not a two way street. It was never a two way street. Except for the one time that Nick Fury showed up on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a nice moment. Yes, it was. They had um, it's like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s back. So they um, they save the day with Ultron ish. We're going to find out in the next movie the impact of what that really means. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it, which is so wild because it's like in real time right now, did they save the world? Unequivocally, yes. But they also accidentally killed two people and that is going to change the trajectory of their, <clears throat> I'm talking, I mean, everything, but I'm talking specifically about them killing Zemo's family. Oh. Because they lived outside of Sokovia. Well, and they even have, like, the mom who's like, this was my son. Like, the the reason that Tony is okay with the Sokovia Accords is more what I was thinking about. Obviously, we do have the whole Zemo thing, too. But, yeah. like, there is a large ripple effect. Yes. I. It's... And then we end on the new Avengers compound where Cap and uh, ScarJo are training the... Putting together the new team. Yeah, they're like the newbies, but then it's like people that have been around, like Rhodey. Well, I guess like Sam's technically new to Avengers. Yeah. Like, what are you training them on that they don't already know? The really interesting thing to me about this scene was like, well, there's a couple things. Robert Downey Jr.'s contract had already expired before Age of Ultron came out. 
Um, it expired after Iron Man 3. So it wasn't like a done deal that he was going to be even in Age of Ultron. They got him to sign a new contract, but I don't know if it came out that it was for multiple movies. So there was kind of an idea that like there could have been a future where Tony Stark just like retires after this and he's not avenging anymore. Right. So like there would have been like this entirely new team, um, which of course it didn't go in that direction. Like I can't even... They don't even it's use the imagine. new Avengers thing, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, it's the we don't have enough of like the Avengers as like a real team, like as as it's being portrayed at the end of this. It's just like the people that we already know. Um, See, this would have been a good time to have like Disney Plus shows as an option because they right. could have done like a whole thing on them doing like missions, mm-hmm. which would have been great. Like, like kind of like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, but. and Joss Whedon for some reason wanted to include Captain Marvel at the end here. He just wanted to like have her be on the team, just like in the compound training. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think he, he really wanted to do it. He was like filming like previs stuff for it. But it's not Brie Larson. No, no, they didn't have anybody. And I think Kevin Feige was like, no, like it wasn't the right time. Um, like we hadn't even cast anybody yet, so I think I think Joss Whedon was just like wanted to do it so bad. There's like this, like, like a placeholder person that they like filmed scenes with. Weird. Who would have just like been there and like flown in in costume and stuff. And I'm just like, what? Why would you think that's a good idea? <laughs> he also like wrote like a a version of it with Spider Man, because I guess he must that have known that sense. there was yeah. Stuff in the works. I mean, with Andrew Garfield, Spider Man. I don't know. I, I guess yeah, it would have been. That was what was being talked about was meshing them together. I sad. That's a whole. That would have been a whole other can of worms. I think we talked about that in the first Avengers because they wanted to put like the Oscorp Tower in the skyline right. or something. But um, yeah, it leaves us on a note of like, we've we've wrapped up this plot. We only get like this tiny little nonsensical post credit thing with Thanos. And you know, uh, this is annoying because even I knew that like he builds the glove in the Infinity War. Right. So this is with just Peter Dinklage. The Russo brothers were like, this means nothing. Um, this was the worst post credit scene. It's really bad. And I At think least... they just did it so they were like, people don't forget about Thanos. Because I think there were actually a lot of people. Your idea was so much better. What, what was the one? Did I say it out about loud? About Thor doing his Oh, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually saw, like, a, a cool, like, fan theory that kind of makes this scene make sense, the Thanos thing, where it was, like, it would be completely out of chronological order, but I liked the idea, which is that you could say that this scene is set right before he goes to Xandar, to get the power stone. Like it's and he's, from he's Infinity like, War. Right. Or even like right before he's like sent in an army and they're all dying. So he puts it on and goes to get the first stone. Fine. Which is if you, if you got to make it fit, but the Russos were like, this is nothing. It we doesn't even look it. like it. It looks like a piece of plastic. Yeah. And I think, um, people were under the impression that Thanos was going to be the villain of the second Avengers movie because he was oh, teased. I'm glad they saved him. Oh my God. It would have been such a mess. If they yeah. tried to do that. But some people were disappointed, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that wraps it up. And that's almost, it's almost the end of Phase 2. It doesn't go out on Avengers 2. It goes out on Ant-Man, which I love. 
Why not? Well, doesn't the third phase go out on Spider-Man and not Endgame? Yeah. That's the saddest thing. Yeah, they should have just bumped that, but Far From Home is kind of like an epilogue to everything. So, same deal. Whatever. Um, Great. Well, we're not going to probably do any games. We've already gone... We've talked a lot. Very long. We, we had, yeah, like Molly had said, like we were like, oh, we probably won't talk about this that much. We weren't really super into it when we watched it. It sets up a lot, though. It's definitely a setup movie, For which sure. is funny because like Civil War is like Cap's movie and not an Avengers movie, but Civil War feels like obviously an Avengers movie. Yeah, it feels like Avengers three. Right, and this feels like Avengers. This feels like Avengers like one it's like an, a little better. a little interquel or whatever. I think we already said this when we were talking about one of them. I think so. Um, a lot of, a lot of controversies here, a lot of hot takes to talk about. Um, hopefully made for a good episode. If anybody like, you know, if someone out there is like, what the fuck guys, Age of Ultron is my favorite Avengers movie. I want to know. I really want to know. Cause for me, this one is, comes in dead last. We'll be taking a little break before getting back into the MCU with Ant-Man. Cause we have, um, Moon Knight, the series to get to. And of course, Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness. Yeah. We're finally back to new stuff coming out. I say it hasn't been that long since Spider-Man, but yeah, some interesting and exciting stuff on the horizon. So enjoy what we've got coming up. And if there's anything that you want us to watch that we haven't mentioned, we got a couple of things on our slate that we haven't talked about yet. Let us know. And we are out of the the superverse. superverse.